the beauty about this beverage market is it's so huge and everybody has to drink something, you know, or will. And, and so that's a good thing. It's how do you differentiate and what's your niche? Welcome to Manufacturing Happy Hour, the podcast where we get real about the latest trends and technologies impacting modern manufacturers. Manufacturing Happy Hour. Each week, we interview industry experts that are at the top of their craft and give you the tools, tactics and strategies you need to take your career and your business to the next level. And now your host, Chris Lukey. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to episode 88. Today, we're talking about brewing up growth by building on heritage. We're diving straight into the craft beer world, and we're going to be speaking with Sharad Chada, the new CEO and president of Sprecher Brewing. Now, if you're not familiar with Sprecher, they are an iconic Milwaukee brewery that's been around since their founding in the 80s. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you know them more from their very popular craft root beer. Sprecher's original founder recently retired and sold the business, so this episode is as much about the business side of a great brand as it is about the manufacturing side of things. Here are three things you can expect from today's episode. First, we'll get to know Sherrod. Before becoming the leader and part of the ownership team at Sprecher, Sherrod has an extensive history in executive roles with some big-name companies. We'll learn how that prepared him to lead Sprecher and why going to a brewing company was his latest move. Second, we'll talk business. Sherrod will share where Sprecher is placing their bets, how he and his team make decisions, and of course, as the title of this episode suggests, how to balance growth and heritage. Finally, we'll discuss manufacturing, beer making. It's about time we get back to our roots on this show. We'll discuss bottling, canning, and some very impressive things that the Sprecher team did with their workforce throughout the pandemic. If you want to access any of the resources we mentioned in today's episode, you can do that over at the show notes page at manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 88. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating over at Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, I learned recently that you can leave ratings there as well. You guys have done a great job of leaving ratings and reviews over on iTunes. So now for you Spotify listeners, it's your chance to step up. Just go to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash Spotify. It'll take you right to our show on that platform, and you can leave a five-star rating very easily today, just a click of a button. All right, we should get going, and let me say I am stoked to be having a true manufacturing happy hour in this episode. That's right, it's recorded live at Sprecher Brewing, so live, in fact, that you can even hear a bit of the bottling line in the background. Now, it's time to have a beer with Sherrod Shada. Ready to rock and roll? Cheers. 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 Sherrod, good to have you on. Appreciate it. Mm. And, uh, you know, as we start any conversation on manufacturing happy hour, I always start it. I do a lot of these virtually, right? So I say, theoretically, if we were sitting in a bar or a brewery, how would you answer this next question, right? But there's nothing theoretical about today. We're here at Sprecher. That's the amazing part, Chris, that uh, we, have, uh, we have such an amazing job here and one of my friends who i worked with at samsung said i have his dream job he's from milwaukee and you know we're beer town yeah and i work here and i could drink anytime i want yeah plus have fun so that's good no it's an iconic spot i've uh, i've known it for years and my my first question is so you know i think a number of our listeners are probably familiar with sprecher whether it's the beer whether it's the iconic root beer uh root beer um 
But, uh, you know, how do you describe what makes Sprecher special? As if you're sitting down for a drink with someone here at the brewery. Yeah, that's a great question. In fact, <clears throat> that was the major re reason for us to even uh, consider it when I was looking to change my career. Sprecher is such an iconic Midwestern brand. Randy Sprecher and the team have built this. Uh, I think it's, it's something different for everyone, but what it is is it's nostalgia. I, I talk to an older person, a lady, a little child, and they just get back to that, that moment when they first tasted our root beer. And, uh, and it's just it's a passion, it's a craft, and it's a great brand with good quality. You know. Yeah. No, I love I love the nostalgia aspect. You you obviously do a lot in the soda space, which I think has nostalgia for everyone, not mm. not just the the of age beer drinkers. But I'm excited to talk about the business here. I'm excited to talk about manufacturing here. But before we dive into that, I want to hear a bit about your story because <laughs> if I look at your background, you have a really diverse background, <laughs> right? I'm just I'm going to read this off here. You've been in pricing, marketing, acquisitions, business development, <laughs> and you've done this at like iconic companies, right? Uh -huh. ABB, GE, Samsung. So how does one find themselves in a career like that? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, you could call me a jack of all or a, or a master of none, but, but I've been very blessed and fortunate to work in these iconic brands like Samsung and GE Healthcare, GE, ABB, and in different functions. Um, I think it, it's, um, I had an analytical mind. I was born and raised in India. I came here for graduate school and, uh, an engineer with an MBA, uh, so you can kind of do everything. My, my goal was always to help create value in a business where I work, work hard and do that. Luckily, I got an opportunity with ABB, and from there into GE, and then, you know, from GE to Electrolux and Samsung, and, um, and, and then now here at Sprecher. So it's just been a very, uh, life, you know, is, Although the shortest distance from point A to point B is a straight line, mm -hmm. it never really goes in a straight line. It meanders and it goes up and down. Yeah. So my career has been like that too, but it's been great. <laughs> well, I like that you described that. You say you have an analytical mind. So what's the common thread between all these roles, if there is one? Yeah, I think uh, the common thread is a, a zeal for, uh, for growth, for uh, creating value, to look at it from a customer lens and a consumer lens and then see where is the benefit and how can we deliver more value. And if you look at that, we're all in the people business, right? You could be making motors and drives or uh, X-ray or CT machines or uh, the cell phones at Samsung or appliances uh, or soda. In the end, you're, you're, you're solving a need. Uh, this is a great uh, affordable treat mm -hmm. after the, a day's hard work. You can, a child can enjoy it or a big person if you're drinking soda or mm -hmm. beer. Uh, but that's what we're into, and that's the good part. Do you have soda in your glass right now or beer, just to, just to be clear? I won't tell you that. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I am drinking. It's in the middle of the day, so I'm working. <laughs> I can't tell you that. I'm tasting my product. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. That's fair. Well, I'm, I'm not going to leave a mystery on mine. I'm having your black Bavarian, oh, which is a delicious. I'm a big dark lager fan. Oh, so that's, that's um, I think those watching the video can see it. I made sure I got the logo <laughs> tilted towards Thank the camera as well. Oh, so, no, this is great stuff. And I'm glad we're talking about the beer and the soda and Sprecher now because my next question is, how did these roles prepare you for Sprecher? Yeah. So, you know, um, I had never worked in a small company. I had never been an entrepreneur. I'd always worked in large multinational corporation. I'm a global kind of, you know, lived in different uh, countries, worked in different places. Uh, 
so there's never a school of, hey, how do you run a brewery or, or a small company and make it, you know, grow. Uh, but you pick up different things and different jobs and you look at it and how it's about dealing with people and mm -hmm. and opportunities. And we didn't know when we bought it two months later, COVID would hit and our brewery mm. tours, our, our on-premise to bars, restaurants, um, everything would shut down completely. So yeah. you had to pivot. So what, what you learn is from your experiences, resilience, uh, your looking at things in a different way. Um, and as long as you have that um, attitude, I think you can come, come through and, and, um, and make it through anything. And we've, we've sort of prove, proven that here. So, <laughs> so when did you buy the, the brewery then with, with your group of other partners? Right? So this was literally like months before COVID, <laughs> like a week before COVID? What's the time frame there? Yeah, we closed uh, end of January, beginning of February in 20, uh, 2020. And then I think COVID started or officially started, had already started, but in March or April, you started hearing about it and things started shutting down mm -hmm. uh, in a couple of months. So about two months, things yeah. were completely, yeah, shut down. Okay. So then I guess I have to ask, wh why a beer company as your latest <laughs> move then? You know, what's the story there? So that's a good question, Chris. I was working at Samsung in my last job in uh, New York, New Jersey, I was flying every Monday morning mm. uh, to, to New York, and I'm flying every Friday evening. And my job there entailed travel as well. Mm -hmm. And my wife, Linda, who's from Milwaukee, okay. and my son, um, uh, uh, Bridge, who goes to St. Robert's, they both revolted and said, Dad, we're not <laughs> moving. And I'm like, I can't keep doing this forever. I was doing that for more than a year, year and a half. And I said, come on, there's got to be something better. You, in a big company, it's great. But it's not like in a small company, when you do something, you can see the fruits of your mm -hmm. labor. You can see the job you created or somebody who bought their first home. And that was exciting. So I met Randy Sprecher on a social event when I was uh, on one of my weekends back. And he was in his 70s and he said, I'm willing to retire. And I said, hey, if I put the deal together, will you sell your company to me? And uh, I was drinking quite a bit at that time. <laughs> with That's my awesome. Wife. So I made him over committed. <laughs> Next morning he calls and he's like, yeah, come over. Let's see. Yeah. Make a deal. And it went from there. And I, you know, I luckily could could make it through and it, it worked out. Yeah. That is that is how you buy yeah. a brewery, right? You talk about it over drinks and it, uh, it comes to fruition. Well, I, I love that there's a family balance there, right? Like um. the work-life balance in there that... that that was part of the motivation. So I, I have to ask then, now that you're on this side of the table, what's it like purchasing a company, being part of the ownership group here at Sprecher as well as the president and CEO? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Chris. Nobody prepares you. It hits you like a ton of bricks. Uh, the story I like to tell some people, the first uh, week or two when we bought it, uh, you know, in GE or Samsung, there is a treasury department in finance. Mm -hmm. And your checks come from there and you just know your salary is going to show up, you know? Yeah. Here, uh, one of our accountants came after week one and he said, oh, you know, the checking account doesn't have enough cash to pay payroll. Oh. I'm like, what? How does that happen? Somebody's got to say, no, that's somebody's you. Yeah. So I had to move. We had money in the investor account. I just sure, didn't know. Sure. So the point I'm trying to make is that you are responsible for the smallest to the largest thing and, and there's no preparation uh, as long as you believe that it's okay, it's going to work out and just be open 
and vulnerable and learn, it worked out great. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's a yeah. That's quite the story. Yeah, yeah. once once you become that jack of all trades, <laughs> and there's not necessarily the robust finance department. <laughs> I would exactly. imagine a GE has. <laughs> right. That's uh yeah. That's quite that's quite a way to get involved. Well, let's yeah. let's talk more about the brewery and the business mm. side for sure. a bit, right? Um, you know, from what I understand, you're doubling down on soda. Um, and if I look at different trends in the beverage industry, that's not what most people are doing right now. So why are you going that path versus other things you could do like spirits, hard seltzers, these other areas that I see brewing companies getting into? Uh, That is one of the toughest decisions and uh, uh, that I grapple with every day. We've, uh, and the pivot that we we have made and the bet that we have made. And I'll tell you why. Uh, It's sort of a nuanced answer, but there's a reason for it. As as I told you, when we bought it, we're the oldest craft brewery in Wisconsin since Prohibition. Um, We've won more awards than probably any other brewery in the Mm -hmm. state, maybe in the Midwest, 250 to 300 awards. Um, However, the beer space is extremely crowded, especially the craft beer. No doubt. It's gotten much more competitive, and everybody who's got a great recipe and idea comes up with it and 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 they have a, a brewery if you will or a tap room and so on mm-hmm. um, our ambition here uh, not just mine the board the employees and everyone we've shared it openly is to we make a great product a great craft soda root beer cream orange why not every American or every person in the world every lip gets a sprecker sip you know and we mm. won't stop till then um, and then the question was, what product? As I told you, as soon as we bought it, a couple of months later, the bars, the restaurant, this tap room, brewery tours shut down. Yeah. So beer sales started getting under more pressure. Growth mm-hmm. wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, but we had this awesome root beer and, and a great craft soda. We said, why not lean in on that when the smaller um, uh, restaurants and bars had closed down? The grocery stores were open. People were drinking at home. And we leaned in heavy on that. And we are in more than 35 states now and growing with our soda. The other question, I believe, this is where we might go counterintuitive. Craft soda is exactly where I think craft beer was 10, 15 years ago. In terms of more discerning tastes, mm. yes, there's a grow, uh, um, you know, uh, zeal for getting more healthy and eating. But indulgent treats or, or having a, a, a little, an affordable treat at the end of the day with yeah. with you know a dollar to spare anyone can do it and why not and and our claim to fame is we're probably one of the only soda makers if maybe a handful 99% of soda or 90% soda is just cold liquid and powder mixed together mm-hmm. and carbonated we brew our soda just like we brew beer yeah and it's fire brewed with honey and that's what makes it special and we have a great product Mm-hmm. Why not everybody get a taste of it? And we believe in it, and I think that's why we're leaning in very heavy into, into craft soda. Every lip gets a spreck or sip. I can, <laughs> I can see the marketing in you as well. You know, we're, this is a, uh, it's a manufacturing podcast. We've got manufacturing leaders and intern business leaders that listen to this show. So give, give us a little how-to there, right? Like if I'm a manufacturer and I'm trying to figure out where do I put my focus right now, you know, what, what goes into a decision like the one you made to be like, hey, we're really going to double down on soda? Yeah, I think the leader's job uh, is end of the day when, when I look at my job as looking out for the best interest of all stakeholders, employees, cons- customers, consumers, shareholders, community. 
the biggest job a leader does is um, these kind of big decisions, mm -hmm. deploying resources, right? You have limited resources and you got to look at where do you put your money? Am I putting a new bottling line in and, I, and I'm going to invest in this new soda or beer because you have only so much money. Yeah. And that is the biggest decision. And that's a hard one mm -hmm. because if you get that wrong, you jeopardize the company. Yeah. You jeopardize everybody. Uh, so I get a lot of sleepless nights. Um, it's, it's about looking at across corners, looking around trends, understanding the consumer, uh, or trying to, whether you're a manufacturer, and I've worked in manufacturing companies, uh, a marketer, um, a, a designer, or, or a brewer, essentially you, you, you have to create, if, you, if you're really good at something, like Randy Sprecher, you create a demand for mm -hmm. a new product, or you look at where it's going, and how can you make a difference? And, yeah. and we believe our, uh, our craft soda, our root beer is that. Now we are going to keep producing other things. I'm going to get some angry phone calls and emails because <laughs> there are consumers who just wrote to me the other day and said, yeah. where is all the beer and why do I... We're going to have that, but our focus is here because I have limited resources and I got to look out for all of us, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just because you have a rock star comms guy, but I feel like I see more beer posts on <laughs> on Insta Instagram and social media now sure. as well. So I feel sure. like I'm getting hit with all all the beverages. But one, one other thing that popped into mind, right? Like it's, you know, you talk about, hey, craft sodas where craft beer was 10 years ago. And I, you know, this, I was just thinking about the way I asked the question, right? You got all these people that are doubling down on spirits got to mix those spirits with something, right? Why not a good craft soda to complement a good craft spirit? You know, many people say you buy a very expensive spirit and you, of course, all these uh, flavored malt beverages and you're, you're getting the hard seltzers growth mm -hmm. and RTD growth. And, mm -hmm. and, and I think there is a market for everything. The beauty about this beverage market is it's so huge and everybody has to drink something, you know, or yeah. will. And, and so that's a good thing. It's how do you differentiate and what's your niche? Where are you the best, the very best? And how can you really uh, help the consumer get the best out of mm -hmm. it? And um, I think you're going to need a good mixer in, a, in an expensive yeah. uh, bottle of liquor or, or something else or for your kids at a beach or whatever. And, and our soda is, uh, is that uh, which can be. Plus, we are locally sourced mm -hmm. using these handcrafted small batch. People care about that now. Yeah. You know, that's important. And we have a good story to tell. We'll be right back right after a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for the biggest events in the automation industry? If you are, you're going to want to hear about today's sponsor, A3, the Association for Advancing Automation. A3 is the leading global automation trade association of the robotics, machine vision, motion control, and AI industries. They also throw some of the best events in the automation and manufacturing space. And for me, they're the source of some of the best connections I've made in the manufacturing industry. You might not realize this, but throughout the years, we've featured over 10 different A3 partners on this podcast. Now, whether we're talking about their annual business form or their marquee event, the Automate Show, A3's events are the spot for building partnerships, exploring new technologies, and getting a pulse on the industry. If you're listening to this episode before June 2022, make sure to check out Automate 2022 taking place in Detroit, Michigan, June 6th through 9th. I, for one, will definitely be there. Head to automateshow.com for more information and to register for free today. And you can always learn what A3 has going on by visiting automate.org. 
And now, back to today's episode. Well, it's the natural next step, right? Um, you know, you're mixing this really expensive <laughs> spirit with, like, a pretty cheap mass-produced, like, you know, soda, right? Why not, why not make it a good one? Right. right. You know, I, I feel like whether we're talking about beer, hardware, cars, you name it, right? Um, this question applies to every manufacturer. Like, how do you balance growth, in your case, soda, and heritage, in this case, beer, as well? Yeah. So, tough question again. And I say tough because we have lost... Uh, a couple, but not, not a f- people over this. Uh, maybe a couple of consumers, but a couple of good employees too. Uh, I- imagine you are a French chef, right? And yeah. you're trained in the culinary arts of, of a good French cuisine. And suddenly we're saying, just make hamburgers, but make them really good. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not comparing them. I'm just kind of you know, stating a little bit going too far. You can be very discerning in, in our soda. We take the same care. We brew it in the same fashion in the same kettles. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is a tough decision, and, and it weighs on us. But if we cannot differentiate and make the best craft soda out there, yeah. hey, we should pack up and leave, but we're not going to, and we're going to do great. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that analogy, right? There's yeah. also something to be said about making a really good hamburger, too. Yeah, exactly. Like just the simple ingredients, getting it right, pairs really well with the soda. Sure. So, um, <laughs> or beer. Or <laughs> beer. Both. Or yeah. beer. Yeah, there, you know, I've realized over time, this is a bit of an aside, there's certain yeah. foods that are just like made for soda. Yeah. I'll say hot dogs <laughs> fall into that category, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> Depends on the burger I could yeah. have, but I feel like yeah. a hot dog, I'm always going to default to wanting like a cola <laughs> that course, comes with it. So, um, you know, I, I have another, we're going to go more the manufacturing route sure. here. And recently, as I understand it, Sprecher made the switch from bottles to cans for beer. Why? What what goes into that decision? Good, good research. And yes. Uh, so look, the weirdest part is... Um, Cans are harder to find right now. They're more expensive. Aluminum mm. is up in price. It, it, on Business Week, I had an article or some, somewhere else. It was Canmageddon. So okay. there's a lot of problems there. However, the industry is moving that way. Yeah. And uh, clearly, when the industry moves, uh, we have to move with it for our consumers who are demanding it. Here are the advantages of cans and what I hear and what I understand. Mm-hmm. One, the simple ones are you can carry a can to a bar or, I mean, a beach or a pool or, or in a, 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 and whatever, right? Versus a bottle can break and shatter and so on. Mm-hmm. Number two, cans are lighter and sort of multifunctional. Yep. Uh, number three, the science or the chemistry behind it is it is completely enclosed, so no light. And therefore, yeah. the liquid's uh, integrity remains and it, it can be better and mm-hmm. uh, tastier for longer. Now, people debate it, and people have sent me long emails saying what a bad idea it is. But, you know, that's where I'm seeing the trend. So we invested in a new can line during COVID to do that. I will also be honest with you that um, uh, because soda is becoming such a big part of our business and growing so fast, uh, it it also frees up some of our bottling capacity, Mm, uh, and we can take it on. So there are lots of reasons, um, and we're betting on the cans, and it's got a great new... Uh, uh, design and package and so on and, and I think so far some of the feedback and of course Tim you know is a great beer connoisseur he's got the beer blog and so on our uh, communication leader and other things and he's been getting some good feedback so we will see uh, you know the proof is in the pudding uh, but that the market is going that way 
I will say one thing. Trends do change. Sure. Consumer behavior does change. Yep. But sometimes you, you got to go where the, where the market is you know, well, for I mean, that reason. Yeah. Just from my personal perspective, I can bring a beer out on my paddleboard on Lake Michigan I, in a can. No. I can't bring it out in a bottle. That's exactly so. right. Now that's I, it. That's it. Well, let's do another how-to then, right? So how, how do you make a decision like this? So manufacturing leaders out there, they have to weigh things like things I think I heard you hit on, quality, logistics, environmental, I mean, financial implications, like, how do you, how would you coach a manufacturer to think through a decision like that for such a big investment? I think uh, that's a, that's important for anyone. And this was a hard decision, uh, discussion during our, one of the initial board meetings when we, we took on and then COVID hit and we're like, are we still committed? Are we going to do it? These are not small, trivial decisions. These are long term because you're mm -hmm. making major capital investment. So you have to look at the trend, you have to look at the market, but most yeah. importantly, whether you're a small company or a big company, you have to look at the return on investment. Yeah. You have to look at, hey, do I? Ha here is my total capital investment, here's the time, here's all the effort, uh, and don't forget the distraction, the mm -hmm. share of mind it takes away from, all the way from leadership team down to any employee in the company. And what happens is, I did not, so I'm a new production manufacturing leader. Okay. I okay. never was in production or manufacturing directly. I've been exposed to it. Sure. I worked with them. So 25 years of that sort of, but running a plant is different than knowing about a plant or, or working with a plant to get your product. Mm -hmm. Believe me, every day there are issues uh, and I've made every mistake in the book. So if somebody wants to do it, they can call me and we'll, we'll sit over a beer and I can tell you. So be careful. It's a big decision. It's not just the time and the money. It's also the overall, um, uh, you know, um, uh, share of mind, which you, you've got to be careful about. And ROI, the return on investment has to pay off. Otherwise, don't do it. Of course. Our ROI, how do you manage and plan for a change like that, though, from a manufacturing standpoint, right? Bringing in a new line, changing the way you're packaging your equipment. What, what goes into that? Uh, so, uh, you know, we have limited space here. Luckily, we have three contiguous lots, about mm -hmm. 10 acres. Uh, so as you, when you uh, go in and see, get on the tour and see the plant and the brewing, you will find how tight it is. So yeah. getting it all done. So there's a lot of things to, to think about. Think about your people. It's very important. Change management is as harder, actually. It takes oh, yeah. longer. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we've all felt that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've been in, in manufacturing for a long time. You've seen it in other companies and so on. So, so remember that that part and how do you take everyone along and and that's part of leadership and it's in any business whether manufacturing or not you know. well i love that you went there right because workforce enablement is a big theme on this show the people behind the process and i think it's it's funny that you were start we started the conversation you're talking about how you had to move money around accounts to make sure you hit <laughs> payroll right, right when you came on board on the flip side of that you doubled your workforce during yes. the pandemic so yes. tell me a bit about that how'd you go about doing that you know Chris, that, is, that has been the most gratifying uh, experience of my life. And I've got a 25, 30 year experience in corporate and other things and so on. Mm -hmm. But nothing gives me more pleasure and happiness and pride to think that I helped create jobs and yeah. some of the folks bought their first homes and the company helped in some way. And, um, and you can see it. Now, it was very difficult during COVID. Sure. Finding people was hard. Starting a second shift was very painful. Jenny Nyquist yeah. was an awesome HR leader. Uh, we might have interviewed hundreds and hundreds and, and you know, uh, 
compensation has gone up, mm -hmm. healthcare costs have mm -hmm. gone up, COVID caused a lot of other disruptions and so on. What would take a week sometimes takes a, four weeks or five weeks. Um, and, and you don't take it easily. You, you have to ensure that you take care of your current people. You have to pay them, give them their bonuses, make sure their healthcare is covered and yep. add more. So mm -hmm. keep all that in mind. Fortunately, because we have such a great product and the consumers are loving it, not just in Wisconsin, but most of the states we're going to and hopefully internationally, uh, our growth is really good. We've almost doubled the business yeah. since we took over. And um, what Randy and his team did in 35 years, we've been fortunate to do in almost two. So that's a, we're lucky and blessed. Uh, but that's the reason we can add jobs. If we make a good product and we've got hardworking Midwesterners with their great work ethic, which is the only plant we have. Mm -hmm. And they are making some great product. And as long as our quality remains and our uh, taste remains, we're going to keep growing. <laughs> uh, so this, this made me think of another question that I hadn't planned for. But, you know, you mentioned oh, you brought on a second shift, right? How do you keep people engaged when, you know, the company's growing? There are twice as many people here as there were before. And not everyone's here at the same time you are. Yeah. So hiring good leaders, I think uh, a leader's job is to make leaders, right? Uh, the best uh, compliment a leader can get is when they work themselves out of a job and mm -hmm. others um, lead it. We have hired some phenomenal people. Um, Tim is just one example. We've hired people from Coca-Cola Company and Anheuser-Busch and Miller and Kraft Heinz and um, um, you know Kroger. Mm -hmm. but also smaller uh, and regional schools and, uh, and so on. What happens is you always look for the person who's got that enthusiasm, that zeal, mm -hmm. and wants to lead. So we found our second shift supervisor mm -hmm. just like that, you know, through someone. And he, you know, Joe wants to do it, and he's like, I'm going to take this up. And I know that he's got it covered. He takes yeah. it uh, responsibly. Obviously, when you're a small business owner like us, you have to remain connected 24-7. Yeah. And that's the part of the job, but that's life. <laughs> yeah. No, great, great answer. And a leader's job is to make leaders. I think that's going to be one of the big, big takeaways from this. So uh, just a few questions left. Sure, you know, sure. you've been doing this for around two years now. What's like the five-year vision here, right? Tell us what the future looks like. That, that you know, that thing I just said that every uh, lip gets a sprucker sip, we, we take it seriously. We believe why should a company come out of wherever? Why not us, you know, um, from Milwaukee, from Glendale, Wisconsin, great root beer and great soda. Every American, if not everyone in the world, should get a taste of it. And if we can be in all 50 states, uh, if not Canada and maybe some other, uh, that would be great. We want to be a 4, 5x uh, bigger than we are today. Uh, and, and if we can be... Uh, not just for the sake of being big, because we have a good product that people need to get to taste, right? So if we keep doubling every couple of years, uh, in five years, you know, we'd be three, four X of what we are. So that, that would be a good vision. Our internal numbers are uh, that way as well. And uh, we're, we're targeting that. And so far, we're meeting and beating expectations. <laughs> I can tell you're an analytics guy because you, you keep bringing the numbers in, which is good, right? Our audience gets that. There are a lot of engineers that listen to this. Um, what are you, you know, maybe maybe more of an intangible, what are you most excited about right now at Sprecher? Yeah. So the the latest is we, we've just launched a, 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 a set of lemonades, mm. some new products as mixers as well. Uh, we've also got some um, uh, mixers like 
our ginger beer, but the light tonic and the light ginger beer. And uh, all our new products are ripe for, you know, the, the spring and, and summer months. Mm. Of course, root beer, cream, and orange remain our core, and we're going to keep uh, going forward with that. I think what excites me is we're putting on a new bottling line. It's a production show or a manufacturing show. I need to, and I am, um, let's say, carefully optimistic yeah. uh, that I won't make all the mistakes I made when we put the can <laughs> line in. Yeah, but yeah. I will tell you that that makes some of our team nervous and us. It's a, it's a time-consuming thing. And um, hopefully with that, we will increase our production, which will help uh, grow our sales, uh, which we are so far so far doing i mean it's been wa it's been a lot of fun just as like a total bystander watching you guys grow from multiple angles right now right uh, you're making acquisitions <laughs> yeah. you had a canning line come in now you got another bottling line in what uh, is it green river am i making that up yeah, is that what it is yeah <laughs> awesome yeah. What, what? so green river believe it or not is a 102 year old chicago brand okay and started during the prohibition or was take, take mm -hmm. took off during the prohibition because they could not sell liquor they started selling soda and um, it was a sort of i would say a great brand but not so loved in the recent years it, it changed some uh, some ownership and so on and we thought we have a great plant here yeah. good workers yeah. you know wisconsin great why not buy this brand and really grow it mm -hmm. uh, you know st patrick's day is coming so mm -hmm. uh, chicago c colors its river green but st <laughs> patrick's day parade is everywhere yeah. in the country if not yeah. internationally and in green river is one of these unique brands that 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 people have this affinity to as i was saying whether it's soda or beer or anything soda especially has this you know i've read you have taste receptors in your mouth in your tongue mm. that are all the way connected to synapses in your brain and okay. when you're a child and you would have had your first soda, a cola or whatever with your parents or friends, as soon as you have it, you might be 80 year old, it brings you right back to that space. Mm. I had a lady text me or LinkedIn me uh, when, we, when we bought the brand. Oh, she's telling her story about how she was a kid and she had it with her family and her husband did it too and it took her back there and she loves the brand. That's the nostalgia. Now, you can't make that. Yeah. You know, this is this is human, and I think we've bought that. The uh, uh, what was the Goose Island Brewery got sold to Anheuser Busch, right? But the soda division was not, and and the root beer and that, oh, and it's okay. WBC, and now it's a part of the Sprecher portfolio. No way. Clear Bay, Caruso, Black Bear, which yeah. is another Wisconsin iconic brand that that's been dormant. We're going to bring it back to life. So Sprecher is our our flagship that is our core yeah. Sprecher is the company that's the griffin that's the uh, rudy however certain taste profiles are for certain uh, you know types people as i said craft soda is where craft beer was people's mm -hmm. tastes are more discerning more differentiating they want locally sourced and they want what they want in that profile it could be german style or american style or you know uh, irish etc and we need to be able to cater to to be a craft soda yeah. category captain you know well you're really becoming a portfolio of brands. You got yeah. the flagship, yeah. but you got these other ones you're bringing on board. I'm learning new stuff you're doing every day, too. Apparently, you guys did, like, um, I put it in my notes, like a, a Black Forest Milkshake IPA. <laughs> I'm like, how did I miss this one, right? Yeah. Like, that's, so it's, it. like I said, it's been cool watching you grow. Um, there's Tim in the background holding it up. All right, I'll get mm -hmm. to try that later. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. So, right. you know, as, as we wrap, is there a question you wish I would have asked you that, that I haven't yet? Um, I think you, you covered, you did your homework. So, Chris, thank you. 
I, I, I want people to know that we are uh, independent, small, local craft brewery. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are an engine that can. And we believe we have great aspirations, great dreams, and we are on our journey to achieve those dreams. My American dream came true. I mean, truly, I, I'm a new citizen, came here 25, 30 years ago for graduate school, married <laughs> a local and, and, and got it. So if I can do it, anyone can. Uh, and so the question sometimes people ask me is, uh, there is nothing special. I didn't come from a lot of money. Or this not, it's just hard work and zeal and, and just try. And this is a great country we live in. If our consumers keep embracing our products, mm -hmm. our sodas and our root beer and our other products, I think we're we're going to do great. So, I love I love the inspiring message to end on. I'll make sure to have links to all your social media, ways to connect with you in the show notes page over at manufacturinghappyhour.com. And with that, uh, looks like you still got beer in there, so <laughs> or, it, or, or soda. Yeah, so great. cheers, Sherrod. Thank thanks Chris. so much for jumping on the show. Hey, what's up? Thank you for listening, and a big thanks to Sherrod for jumping on today's show. Also, a big thanks to my friend Tim for setting up this interview. Tim actually leads Sprecher's communications strategy, so segues very nicely into my next point. If you go to the show notes page, I highly recommend following Sprecher's social media accounts. They're very active, doing a lot of good things over there. You can do that by going to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash 88 for all resources in this episode, including where to find Sprecher and how to book a brewery tour should you find yourself in Milwaukee. Highly recommend doing that if you're in the area. Before we wrap up, Got to thank our sponsor, A3, the Association for Advancing Automation. And as this episode is getting released in April 2022, gosh, their Automate conference is right around the corner. Automate show, Automate 2022, taking place in Detroit, Michigan, June 6th through 9th, 2022. If you want to register for free, you can go to manufacturinghappyhour.com slash automate2022 to do that today. Guarantee this is going to be one of the biggest events in the automation and manufacturing space this year. But even if you listen to this episode after June 2022, well, head to automate.org because I can guarantee that whenever you listen to this episode, A3 is going to have a great event coming right up. One final request for you Spotify listeners out there. If you're enjoying this show, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating over on Spotify. It's just a click of a button. Assuming you're already there and listening, you can click that five-star button now. Or if you need to get around to it later, manufacturinghappyhour.com slash Spotify will take you right there. All right, folks. Thanks so much for sticking around. Thanks for listening. Stay innovative. Stay thirsty. We'll catch you again next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Manufacturing Happy Hour, powered by the Industrial Network.